You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. for tuning in to another Jesus is Better, the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have the smartest, the cutest, the most beautiful guest in the world, Jill Newkirk. (laughs) That was quite an introduction. Thank you. How's it going, hottie? Oh, please don't do that kind of stuff. I love you. It's fine. I love you too. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. How does it feel? to have a conversation with your husband on a podcast. I I think it's going to be super weird. It feels weird to have a recorded conversation with my husband. So hopefully we will um, keep it above board. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Well, thank you, sweetheart, for being willing to talk. Um, Today we're going to be thinking about anxiety, church, and uh, need a mature person to kind of tango with me and have some conversation. And I can think of nobody better than you, darling. Thanks. So um, as we jump right in, when you think about anxiety, what are some things that come to mind? Um, they are many. First of all, maybe being married to you. Wow. Might, <laughs> that might, was low. Might be anxiety producing at times. Um, no, but I mean, really, when I think about anxiety, I think about just... Um, There are many worries in this life, Mm. Um, and I think that if we allow them, they can overtake our thinking, and so I think having um, a proper view of God and a proper view of how to handle anxieties is just hugely important and hugely practical um, for all of life, but also feels especially timely right now in the days in which we're living. Yeah, so So this is... Uh, We're being recorded on June 28th, 2020, middle of the pandemic, uh, coronavirus, in which COVID-19 is just all over Maricopa County. Um, And we've come out of a lockdown, stay-at-home order, in which uh, things have just exploded here. So that's the context in which Jill's speaking. Um, Agree with you totally, sweetheart. Um, As you think about... Uh, those those realities of there being common everyday worries and anxieties. Um, you've walked with the Lord a long time. Uh, what are some scriptures that you found particularly helpful as you think about trying to deal with the worries of life? Um, there are a few, but I think the one that has kind of been most pressing in my mind over the last couple of years has been Um, The section from Matthew uh, 6, from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, verses 25 uh, through 34, where Jesus is um, basically saying, don't be anxious. Mm. And he's saying, don't be anxious for your life. What will you eat? What will you drink? Nor about your body, what you put on. Um, And then he grounds the people in these very practical Um, tangible things that they can look to and look around the world in which God created. And even, you know, as they're on this mount or this hill to look around uh, to their surroundings and see how God has been faithful to provide for his creation. Mm -hmm. And so therefore he's going to be faithful to provide to his people. And so he says, look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, 
but they are clothed in beauty. Um, and he talks about the birds of the air mm-hmm. and uh, how he provides for their needs. And uh, so I think those are just really helpful, practical things to look around in the ways in which God is working, God is providing, meeting the needs of the most simplistic things in creation. Right. right. So how much more will he care for us? And so that passage, I think, has been um, especially helpful in the last few years. Um, And I think part of that, uh, that has really stuck out to me, is the fact that your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So in verse 32, it says that your Heavenly Father knows. And this idea that God is our Father, and He has the the heart of a Father towards His children. Yeah to provide, to give care that loves us, and that's wise, that knows what's best. And so the fact that, that our Father knows that we're not forgotten, mm-hmm. we haven't slipped through the cracks mm-hmm. somehow, but that He knows. And so that phrase, I think, is especially helpful. Yeah. So has that been for you um, uh, just something that takes one prayer in a day in which there's some worries and then you've grounded in that truth and that's all it takes or is it something you got to come back to again and again yeah i definitely think that it's it's you know it's a progression and that it's not a one-time event um i do think that through over time though i think as my faith in my father grows mm-hmm. deeper and stronger and i do understand who he is more and how he has worked faithfully throughout all of history um, through biblical history and through my own personal history, that, I guess, track record, you know, yeah. I think that builds my faith and grows it to the point that it it's not always like a, an everyday struggle, mm-hmm. right? Because I have that foundation of who God is and that he's trustworthy. Um, but that being said, that takes time. Sure. That takes um, a focus on the truth of scriptures and how who he is and how he works and yeah. how he's... He's true to his promises and true to his character. Um, but no, it's very much, a, I think, a process of taking our thoughts captive, uh, not allowing anxieties, worries, fears to um, just spin out of control in mm. our heads, mm. but to um, ground ourselves in the truth of who God is, who we are because of Christ, and um, the truths of Scripture, I think, are key to just kind of really constantly inundate our minds with as we face anxieties and worries. Sure. Um, You used an interesting phrase, taking our thoughts captive. What does that mean? Um, That is from a passage in Corinthians, and I don't remember right now where it is, but basically it says that we um, are to not... um, Oh, now I need the passage. But basically to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. right. Um, and so it's basically like this idea of, yeah, thoughts come in our heads, worries come in our heads, anxieties come in our heads, um, but we don't have to stew on them. We don't have to dwell on them. We don't have to let them rule us, but we can take a very proactive stance and take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And so I think that looks like, um, again, reminding ourselves of truth and um, who God is, who Christ is, who we, whose we are, who we belong to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and dwelling on those things instead. Yeah. Did you find it? It's okay, uh, good. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
uh, verses three to six. So in the, in the whole area of dealing with the realm of our mind and emotions, church, this is a very important passage that Jill's bringing up. Um, and it, it indicates that uh, though we walk in the flesh, meaning that we live every day in our bodies, the war that we're fighting um, isn't a fleshly war. It's a spiritual one. Um, and verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That the one you're thinking of? That was the one. Thank you for cleaning that up for me. You're welcome. I've been doing it a lot of years. Oh, hush. <laughs> so uh, Matthew 6, 2 Corinthians 10, those have been some, some key helpful texts to you. Uh, any others that really come to mind that have been useful over the years in the midst of all kinds of different worries and anxieties? Uh, several that come to mind. Um, but before we do that, I want to just finish up this Matthew 6 passage real quick. Sure, sure. It says um, at the end of that passage in verse 34, Therefore not be, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I just think that's hugely practical and helpful as we consider each day has its own load of worries mm -hmm. and concerns and anxieties. And I think our, at least my nature, is certainly to look too far ahead right. um, and to get anxious about what if scenarios or if this happens or that happens but to deal with today so today has its own uh, worries and concerns and uh, let's deal with that today is what jesus says let tomorrow worry about tomorrow pretty much that's good um but that also makes me think of a verse in lamentations that i love um you need some help finding that no i got it this time what I'm about prepared. the chapter I'm prepared. Wow. No, I got it. I got it. Lamentations. Uh, this is Lamentations 3. Okay. 21 through 24. So obviously the word lamentation sounds like a big bummer of a yep. book. So um, there, Israel is lamenting and they've got woes and uh, all kinds of troubles. Um, and so the very, the, you know, the first section of this chapter is very heavy and dark mm -hmm. and bleak. Mm -hmm. um, and then this verse 21 um, the author says this, he says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So he's calling to mind. He's remembering who God is. Yeah. And so he's dwelling upon the character of God and then therefore he has hope. And then it goes on to say the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. And so he has this shift in his thinking. And so, yes, he's lamenting right. and mourning and weeping, but then he remembers who God is. He remembers the faithfulness of God. And then he, um, you know, sings the praises mm -hmm. of God. And one of the things he says is that uh, his mercies are new every morning. And so going back to the, the Matthew passage, I think those two things go together really well. Interesting. So, yes, today has enough trouble of its own, right. but guess what? Every new day, God has given us new mercies mm -hmm. to face those troubles. Right. And so those things, in my mind, uh, work together really, really well. So whatever I'm going to face tomorrow or the next day or the next day, God is going to give me fresh mercies to deal with those each day that they come. Yeah. I, I don't remember who said this, but I remember us having a conversation about um, the pastor that said the mercies of God don't have an expiration date that there's no, uh, there's no date on the milk carton. Yeah. Uh, we get new ones every morning. They never expire. Yeah. They don't have to have preservative, that God's always fresh yeah. and with us. Yeah. That's good.
That's wonderful. Um, what's it What's it like to live with me? Does that cause some anxiety? It most certainly does. <laughs> um, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of wonderful things. But yes, there's plenty of anxiety producing things as well. Um, but I don't know how much you want me to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the listenership might move up considerably if you were getting some juicy details. I know. I started divulging some details here. So Grateful that uh, you've thought... You've thought about those passages in particular. Um, I imagine Philippians 4 is another one that's been useful um, over the years. Yeah, but for sure. I think that, I know that you, I think you recently talked about that in one of your videos, so I don't want to spend too much time there, but it also feels hard not to talk about it somewhat um, with this topic of anxiety. Right. So that would be, um, if you're unfamiliar, that would be Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 9. Um uh, saying, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication to present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which pass, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on then to think about the things that we should dwell upon. Mm -hmm. So when we have these anxieties, um, we're going to submit those to the Lord in prayer. And then we have peace. And then what do we dwell on? Things that are true and right and honorable, lovely, worthy of praise, excellent. Yeah. Um, so that's Again, very, very practical and helpful. Um, and I would say that that's, you know, it's not a formula. It's not, you know, it's not as if, okay, I'm going to do that, that, that. Um, and then, you know, bam, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be mm -hmm. anxious again. But I will say that um, when I begin to feel overwhelmed or anxious or just kind of worried about several things, that when I think, okay, I really just need to slow down and just put this all at the feet of God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Does that produce peace in my heart and mm -hmm. in my mind? Mm -hmm. Not that I have the answers, not that anything's fixed, but um, I have, you know, taken it kind of off my mind and heart and given it over to the one that has control, yeah. that has wisdom, that has power. Yeah. And so my personal experience that uh, prayer very much does lead to peace mm -hmm. when it comes to anxieties and worries. Hmm. So in terms of... Um like a daily rhythm of life, um, there's always things to be worried about. Um, there, there, there's always um, a, a disposition among some personality types more than others to, to worry or to, to be fearful or to be anxious. Uh, right now, it seems incredibly understandable that people would feel more worry than they typically would. Yeah. Um, you've been through periods of time in the past where... Uh, there might have been seemingly legitimate reasons for consistent worry. Did you find any habits that the Lord helped you cultivate that helped you through those kinds of times? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely times in the past, um, but there's definitely times in the present right now, too. You know, I think about, um, you know, just things that we've experienced with our kids. Um, but I, and you know, things within the church, things with your health. And so that, to me, feels pretty pressing right now hmm. um, and, and how, you know, ways that I'm trying to, you know, manage those anxieties um, is, you know, again, in the middle of a pandemic, being married to somebody that's very immunosuppressed and has a chronic illness. Um, I'm pretty that's, buff, though. That's... <laughs> 
<laughs> that is, it's an anxiety producing thing. I mean, mm. it could really cause a lot of anxiety, fear, worry if I let it. And there's certainly times that, you know, my mind can start to go down those paths. Um, but again, taking my thoughts captive, dwelling upon what's true and right and lovely, all those things are um, what helps me. Um, but just in a very kind of day-to-day way, some of those things that I uh, attempt to do on a regular basis that are helpful right on. Um, is I, don't, I try not to start or end my day uh, without prayer mm. and or scripture reading. Yeah. And so again, those are just ways that I'm kind of uh, training my heart and mind to think upon the right things. I'm coming to the Lord in the morning and saying, you are God and I am not. Sure. You are before all things and you hold all things together. I certainly don't. And so I, I trust you mm-hmm. with whatever this day may brings. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a practical way in which I manage anxiety is just through starting and ending my day in prayer and being in the scriptures. Um, and it's not like some massive, like I'm praying for an hour or reading for an hour. I mean, um, even just a five, 10 minute thing, just to get my heart and mind set with yep. the right focus and the right perspective for the day, um, helps manage these anxieties for me. Um, and also kind of along with that, it's, I don't like to, I don't like the first things that I do in the morning be like news or social media or email or things like that. I want again to set kind of the tone for my day with the Lord in prayer and, and so sometimes, you know, these little devices are very um, addictive. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes definitely that temptation is there is to pick up the phone. Okay, what are, what are the COVID numbers doing now? Or what's my email right. or whatever. Right. Um, but to be disciplined to know the first things I need to do is think upon the Lord, is pray to the Lord. Um, and so that's something that's just, again, just a practical thing that's kind of a, a discipline to start my day off right in that regard with having the right frame of mind. Um, That's really helpful. And then along those same lines is just limiting all of that. I mean, especially right now, of course, um, you know, the news and media and social media can always be inundating, but especially right now. um, And it's terrible. I mean, it's like so (laughs) like there's hardly anything good on it, you know? And so I think if we just let that kind of run rampant in our homes, um, that is going to definitely amp yep. up those anxieties. Yep. There's yep. a lot to be anxious about. Yep. And so I think if we kind of overdo it with those things, and we, especially if we have a natural bent towards anxiety, yeah. that's just like yeah. bad patterns. Yeah. And so I think just limiting those things in, in like smallish doses yeah, that you're completely. informed, you're in the know, you can be wise right. and make good decisions, but that it's not overwhelming. Right. Yeah, if you think back uh, historically, just a few decades, it, it used to be that you only had three news stations in which yeah. there were news. And then with the rise of cable TV and 24-hour news cycle, and then um, the proliferation of um, different kinds of mediums, even mm-hmm. what we're doing, yeah. uh, podcasting, um, it it's possible to just have something running all the time. Yeah. And our, our minds... Um, weren't built for that and our our hearts can't handle it and so i agree with you completely there's a difference between being informed and being consumed Um, and we as christians we ought to be informed we ought to know what's going on we shouldn't stick our head in the sand Uh, we need a knowledge of 
events in order to be prayerful and uh, be engaged and, and loving each other in the world. Uh, but uh, gosh, put a lid on that in some way, shape or form, um, or it's really going to going to cause significant um, opportunities for the temptation to to worry and fear and anger. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think you're right on, uh, sweetheart. Um, so yeah, limiting those things in the in the morning and the evening and not having it run throughout the day. Um, what kind of calm does it bring you when I flex? Oh my gosh, why are you doing this? <laughs> what is your deal? Stay on point. Uh, you're looking at what it's like in our home oh here, church. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about when you think about this whole topic of anxiety? Well, I feel like I've talked a lot. You have. Um, I know. Aren't you <laughs> sick of it? Um, but maybe um, some of your thoughts on sure. anxiety and some of your experiences. Certainly you're not immune to this as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe some of your experiences with that and how have you um, been helped by the Lord in those things? Yeah. Do you... Do you think there's a, maybe a clarifying question, uh, do you think there's a difference between um, what we might call the, the everyday worries and troubles that people face and the, the, the more physiological kinds of issues that, that some people clearly have a, a disposition toward that is more... Uh, more body than mind, really, in its origin. Do, do you see those as one and the same as a follower of Jesus? Are they different? How are they different? I think there's there's um, definitely a distinction. Um, however, I do think, especially as a Christian, uh, we don't deal with those the exact same ways, but we deal with them a lot of the same ways. Okay. As far as like what I was talking about, you know, dwelling upon truth and thinking about the character of God and not letting your thoughts spin out of control. And so I think either way, those things are um, helpful for both situations. But no, I do think that, um, yeah, there's a difference. Because I do not, I would not say that I have like anxiety, like a clinical anxiety or generalized okay. anxiety disorder. Okay. Um, I just have like normal worries of life, sure. right? Worried about my family and finances, health, whatever. We all have those things. But, and I think again, they can threaten at times to overtake my mind and be consuming, but I don't necessarily have like these like super strong physiological mm-hmm. responses mm-hmm. that I feel like shut down mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Um, and so that would be more of like an anxiety disorder in which, um, you know, there's there's more going on there. There's more going on inside the body, and it's not just like a worry that's getting out of control. Um, so that I think sense. you can probably speak to that a little bit more. But no, I do think there is a distinction for sure. But I do think a lot of the same things that we, you know, that we talked about can be helpful in both scenarios. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's a, uh a common run-of-the-mill experience that everybody has. There, there's Everybody's got reasons to uh, feel worried uh, or anxious at times. Um, but even those that we might say have a clinical or mental health mm-hmm. um, predilection related to anxiety, there's, there's still the responsibility to be obedient to the Lord in terms of giving our minds to Him and submitting to Him and using the means of grace He's given us. Um, it just might be that 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 person's, um, their, their methodology is going to have to include additional things as well. And their, their baseline may be different than somebody else. 
For sure. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, if, if you are dealing with a more clinical anxiety, um, that you can, if somebody is so revved up and mm-hmm. amped up um, with their anxiety and you say, oh, just pray or, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. sure. um, they are just not in the realm to receive that. And so sometimes um, other measures are needed to right. kind of bring that down to a more manageable baseline so that then they can be in the right frame of mind to use those types of tools and strategies. Absolutely. So sometimes it's absolutely needed and necessary for some people in some situations to see a doctor, to get on a medication mm-hmm. that helps manage that, yeah. see a counselor, whatever, yeah, um, in order to bring them back down to a place that they can even think kind of clearly. Chance. Yeah, have yeah. a fighting chance and then think, oh yeah, prayer is helpful or meditating on these scriptures is helpful. But if, if you're really fighting, you know, like a physical and chemical issue, um, sometimes you've got to deal with that first in order to, to really utilize the other strategies right. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if uh, somebody went into the doctor and found out they had diabetes, we, we wouldn't tell them, um, well, if you just pray hard enough, then your, your blood sugar will get where it needs to get. Yeah. You know, um, we would, of course, want to address... Um, eating patterns and um, avoiding uh, gluttony if that's been an issue and those types of things. But you, you also got to get the uh, the medical help that's needed. And that comes into play in relationship to anxiety. Sure. Um, so uh, you, you asked about, about me. Um, I think, sweetheart, as we've known each other since uh, we were 15 and 16, that was a long time ago, you look about the same. 26. Seven, is that right? Yeah, 27 years this summer. All right, so you look about the same, me not so much. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, fared a little better in that regard. Um, but as, as we think back over all these years, um, then, and, and I became a, a believer, you know, six, seven years before that, um, and you even, even longer have walked with the Lord. But we do learn experientially that what God declares about himself and his promises in his word, that these things are actually true. And I do think when the rubber meets the road and you've lived more of life, mm-hmm. that uh, there, there is um, in some ways the ability to sit down on the inside easier uh, because you've got more, uh, more Scars in which, yeah, there's been painful things that have happened that have left their mark, but you, you've healed. The Lord has healed you and you've moved on. Mm-hmm. So um, the things that certainly in my teenage years and in my 20s that would have uh, been occasions in which I think anxiety and worry may have been overwhelming, it's just not anymore. Not so much because the issues aren't... Um, as significant, I think that the stuff that we're dealing with in our 40s in trying to shepherd and serve and love people um, are in some ways more significant, certainly, than we were aware of in our 20s. Mm-hmm. But they, they just don't have the same effect. Um, I think in part because we have developed more and more and more confidence. Um, it's like uh, more more rebar has been set in our souls and concrete poured around the footings of the truth of God's word. And it's just not as rattling as it used to be. Right. 
confidence in God, yeah, right? Not exactly. necessarily confidence in ourselves or our abilities to handle things, right. but confidence in God's character and his faithfulness. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say if, if you're young, if you're, um, if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, uh, develop some relationships with people who are older than that and uh, spend time with them, even right now if it's on Zoom or uh, six feet apart, but spend time hearing from them what they've found to be true about God uh, and glean from their, their wisdom and then just recognize that the longer you walk with the Lord, um, it's not that every question gets answered. It's not that difficult things stop happening, uh, but they're, they're not near as traumatic. And uh, so if you're, if you're young, um, know that should the Lord tarry and you live long enough, you will find experientially uh, more and more and more uh, that you can say, um, God, I believe, and yet still help me in those areas of unbelief. And he does so. And um, there's a, a growing confidence that comes with time. And that's something that we, you just can't speed up. It, yeah. it, it, does, it yeah. does take time. Yeah. So um, the th it's probably good that I look three times older than you um, because then I have more confidence in the Lord than you. Is that how that works? <laughs> the reason you look three times older, it's just the wear and tear of loving people so well through the years. It takes a toll, but you have earned every single one of those gray hairs That's by cool. loving people very well. That's kind. They're, you're, uh, you're easy to love generally, brothers and sisters. So uh, I think that's the main thing I'd want to communicate just personally in terms of the everyday kind of worries and, and stresses that come. Great. Sounds good. But any other thing that you might add just, again, as a super practical day-to-day -day thing of how to, that you manage anxieties? Um, maybe a few things uh, come to mind, if that's okay. Um, ju just on the kind of everyday worries um, scale. Um, I, I think when I was younger, I was pretty frustrated spiritually in that I confused justification and sanctification, meaning um, I, I think I, I just flat didn't understand that the, the gospel is always the, the truth and the power that we need, and yet um, the, the truth of the gospel in terms of conversion is a, is a moment. And the truth of the gospel in terms of how it applies to us and we are consistently being changed over time. They just don't function exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. So we're saved in an instant, and yet we are experientially made holy throughout our lifetimes. And uh, I didn't understand the, the two in that justification or the moment of salvation, uh, it occurs apart from my work. And sanctification occurs concurrent with my work. And I didn't get that. And so I think there were lots of times that I was incredibly frustrated in that I would bring something to the Lord and pray about it and read a scripture and just expect that that would be like some magic pill that mm -hmm. would then solve the issues and make my, my concerns go away. And that's just not how it works. So um, over time, I've learned to... The, the gospel is all that we need, and yet the gospel in terms of sanctification has to be applied again and again and again and again and again. Um, 
you know, we, we don't get to dinner and say, oh, I don't need dinner. I had dinner yesterday. We got to have it again. So um, You do. <laughs> Chuck sits down and says, oh, I have to eat again. And the rest of us are excited. And we're like, we have to eat again. So. But I submit myself to the human ridiculousness yeah. of ongoing food. <laughs> it just feels like such a waste of time. But, um, but you know, we got we to gotta eat every day. Uh, we ought to sleep every day. And we have to apply the truth of the gospel throughout the day. I, I think I didn't understand that and therefore um, was more, far more easily frustrated that um, the spiritual truth didn't solve all my problems um, in the way I thought it should, in a momentary way. Uh, so that's kind of one issue. The other is more, um, you know, we talked briefly about uh, that there is some distinction to be made between everyday worries and the more physiological issues. And um, yeah, you certainly know all of this having watched it unfold. But um, when we had been first married a few years and I was working full time and um, in seminary full time and then started uh, a doctoral program and uh, had, I think my giftings were uh, stronger than my character. And um, so I, I continued to kind of rise in levels of responsibility. And yet, I don't think my maturity level in the Lord was was there yet. And um, really, the, the very significant challenge or, or issue that developed in my own experience was a what I now know that I didn't understand then was to, to be a, a clinical kind of anxiety that was just absolutely crushing. And I didn't have language for it. I didn't know in the very earliest days how to even talk to you about it. But uh, that, you know, feelings like uh, complete inability to concentrate, to focus, um, it taking eight hours to think about something I should be able to do in an hour, a um, elephant sitting on your chest, kind of heart attack kind of feeling. Um, and um, so it, it, I had to really be broken and humbled uh, enough to come to the point of, of saying something's wrong and I don't know what's wrong and getting the right kind of help. And then to come to find out this is, runs extensively in my family. There's a very clear genetic um, biological issue. And, um, you know, it was a full, it was a full decade before I really became willing to be honest about that and get the right kind of help and submit to, um, to daily medication and uh, to also recognize um, patterns of thought that kind of reinforce that, mm -hmm. those physiological symptoms. And so um, if, if you're listening and, and you've got some of those kind of issues, um, one of the things that's really common that people with generalized anxiety disorder who have yet to have it addressed or who are in the early days of having it addressed have to come to terms with is that there's there's a way in which you feel like um, I'm going to absolutely go crazy and nobody around me seems to to see it. But I know I'm about to crack and um, I, I, I can't I can't go on. I remember uh, laying in the shower in the mornings, just begging the Lord to take this away. And I remember 
months and months and months of the first thought when I woke up, as you talked about, was to go to God in prayer. My first thought was, is it gone? Mm. And it would just awake, and, and then it would be there again, That not, that phys, all those physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. And uh, gosh, that was just horrible. Yeah. So uh, I think I'd want to say, um, in terms of mental health issues, um, it used to be that depression was the thing that was so prevalent. Yeah. And there's some mental health experts that are saying right now, principally because of how much we're in lockdown and socially isolated from each other, um, that that depression may kind of rear its head again. Yeah. But uh, for 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 the last bit of uh, the last I don't know decade or so, maybe seven, eight, nine. I don't know exactly. These these aren't our areas of expertise in, in terms of the trends, but that definitely anxiety in American culture has has become the most dominant mental health issue. Yeah. And there's all kinds of factors for that. Um, de definitely screen time is part of it. Um, but uh, I, I've had to just um, be okay coming to see I need, uh, I need help in balancing out the, the chemical side of my brain. And I need people around me who, like you, who even though you haven't had that experience, you're willing to, to stick with me and walk with me through it. Um, and then being in a church that's healthy that doesn't say, if you just love Jesus enough, you won't have any of those kind of struggles. And yet will hold my feet to the fire in terms of continuing to submit what aspects of that I do have responsibility mm -hmm. for to the Lord. So um, if you're listening and those are ever any things you want to think about or talk about, I'd love to talk to you personally. Um, give me a shout. Um, and I would just encourage you to say that you're not alone, that there's uh, likely if, if you are um, in a row at in, in the room at church and looking around the room there's a bunch of other people also wrestling with the same thing sure. uh, we've been doing a book at the table at home and at the dinner table for a while um off and on jill what's the name of that maybe we could suggest it to people okay um it is called a small book for the anxious heart uh, meditations on fear worry and trust and the author is edward t welch yep this is an excellent book i would uh, we would commend it to you uh, we're almost to the end. Uh, we've been doing one several nights a week uh, with our kids. And there's been a bunch of times where we've gotten to a particular section in a chapter and they're short. It only takes you maybe five minutes. And there's just been a hush come over the room as a really important idea has come up that all four of us have grasped. So I encourage you to, to check that out and, and toward that end. Um, Jill, anything else you'd like to share? Um, I don't think so. I'm just, uh, you know, as you're sharing, certainly bringing back plenty of memories, but yeah. um, I would say that I'm thankful for God's persistent work in our lives yeah, me and too. Uh, the slow and steady growth he is bringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that reminds me, uh, it's been probably 12 or 13 years ago, one of the stretches of time I was seeing a counselor. Um, I'd been meeting with a guy about, about these issues related to anxiety and just trying to learn, um, want to serve the Lord and therefore, um, and want to remain a, a man pursuing the Lord just as an individual and uh, as a, a father and a husband, um, trying to get help with that, uh, learning how to more deal with those physical symptoms. And uh, we'd spent probably a year together and he said um, to me, uh, Chuck, you, yeah, I can't promise you you're 
anxiety is going to go away. Mm -hmm. And this is a short little guy, he's five, five foot, and I just wanted to squash him. That <laughs> was such an irritant to me. Um, but all these years later, that's been a real help. Yeah. Um, is uh, I may at, at particular occasions have physiological responses that um, suck. And one day I won't anymore. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, I mean, I'm sure that was a discouraging thing for you to hear, but also very realistic. And again, true, whether you have a clinical anxiety or not, right. every day we're going to face potential new anxieties and worries. Yeah. And so we need to equip ourselves to uh, handle them rightly um, with the Lord's help. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, church, thank you for listening. I uh, hope this has served you well. Do check out that uh, book that we mentioned, as well as um, just want to invite you to to lean in with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, in which you're being honest about what's going on in your mind and not living like an isolated person um, out on an island, but in inviting others in and encouraging others in the realm of the mind and seeking to have uh, beautiful minds as we submit ourselves to the Lord, taking every thought captive, pursuing Him in that way, and uh, He'll be faithful to stick with us and to hold on to us. And uh, maybe some of these passages we've looked at, like Matthew 6, uh, Lamentations, what was it? Three? Three. And uh, Philippians 4, these are all great texts to commit to uh, meditation and prayer. Um, and in the end, what we're going to find in all these things is that the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient for us and he loves us. And as we turn from worry and anxiety to him, will inevitably find that Jesus is better. Thanks, church. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.